Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Allie Knows Best. It's your host, Allie Nagel here. I had the opportunity to interview two very exciting guests this week that I think you all are going to love this episode. They're the host of Balls Deep Podcast, a sex and news comedy podcast that covers everything from the latest Pornhub scandals to how to take the best nudes. Each week, co-hosts Rachel and Ariel are joined by experts and comedians to chat about dating and relationships and to answer all of your most embarrassing Google search questions. Let's dive into the episode. everyone welcome back to Allie knows best i'm here with two very special guests today uh rachel and arielle of balls deep podcast welcome hi Hi, thank you so much for having us what a pleasure yeah you know what i realized before um recording is i'm on the west coast and you're in new york right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we're in brooklyn so how exciting. What's the weather there like today? Oh my god, it's scalding hot. No, today. it's finally nice. We've been like experiencing pure rain and this is the first week we've hit above 70. I think it's going to be 80 today. So I'm like trying to not work as much as possible for the outside. <laughs> yeah. I just want to <laughs> get sun. I'm always trying to not work as much as possible, but like when it's sunny especially, right? Yeah, my mm-hmm. brain like shuts off. It's like, sorry, I can't respond to an email. It's 70 <laughs> it's degrees. Nice outside. <laughs> mm, can't look at blue light today. Like, cannot be bothered. <laughs> during COVID, I once, rays only. I once rescheduled an interview during COVID because we had been locked in our homes for so long. It was like too cold. And then the one nice day out was when I had the recording. So I canceled it. And I was like, I hope you understand. I just need some air. <laughs> I like, <remember> literally. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's valid, especially. I mean, it is like it's Mental Health Awareness Month, which kind of I feel like is a joke at this point because we're all like aware of mental health and that yeah. everyone has like anxiety, depression, ADHD, whatever. Like, we oh, need yeah. to get outside, right? I wish I was less aware of my mental health, to be honest. <laughs> so, like, could we switch it to, like, less awareness? I don't even know how you yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just, like, ignore it for a month. Everyone just go fully unhinged. <laughs> We'd have a purge, I think. Right? Like, last night, my roommate is super into astrology. I mean, I am too, but she's taking it. I don't know how you two feel about astrology. But we dabble. You dabble. I pretend like I know a lot more than I do. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, Libra, Sun, Scorpio, Moon. Like, it's a whole personality, but I don't know what it means. I know. It's just another way to, like, you know, pretend that we know more about ourselves and, like, we're more self-aware. But Mm -hmm. anyway, she's, like, reading my chart. And I'm like, this is way too much. Like, I need to just smoke a joint and go to bed (laughs) and, like, not be bothered here. (laughs) Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But, uh, off. <laughs> yeah, she's like, a lot of your signs in, are in cancer, and that's why you're depressed a lot of the time. And I'm like, mm, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for that. Really needed that. <laughs> I'm into uh, the personality types, the Myers-Briggs way more. Mm-hmm. And I like it when that one tells me why I'm depressed. It makes sense to me versus like, 
I just I'm a Capricorn and I just like don't feel aligned with that so I reject it (laughs) that's valid I feel like if I didn't feel aligned with my Libra and Scorpio like signs which are my my two major houses yeah I would be like this is dumb and stupid but because I'm like I like that I'm like this is accurate (laughs) yeah I'm a Libra son too so I feel that like sometimes you know you identify with Anyway, we could that could be a whole separate episode, but like let's get into <laughs> why you two are here to get today and it's to talk about masturbation, which hate that word. Like can we come up with a better word for masturbation? Uh, I kind of like, like a clinical it. word. It feels like technical <laughs> masturbate. It's funny to be like to make fun of people who are like master masturbate. I don't know if this is coming off the way I'm actually seeing it in head. Like a master, a lord of the house. Oh, I see what you're saying. A masturbator. It's not coming out the way I want it to be conveyed. But like our other options, I feel, (laughs) except for flick the bean, are jerking off, uh, uh, rubbing one out. And I feel like those are mostly prescribed to like guys and we don't really have like cool ones. Wasn't there one where it's like the man in the canoe? Oh, that's, that's to help you find the clit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the the clit's the man and the lips are the canoe. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to frame this as like we should be talking about orgasms for women. But I realized that's like, you know, kind of isolates an uh, entire other group. So we could just talk about people with vulvas today. Is that cool? Yeah, I like that. Vulva people. Vulva people. Or vulna, vulna, vulva, <laughs> vulva havers, <laughs> vulva havers. Yeah, BH. I know that's the other one. Vulva owners are like vulva havers. Mm-hmm. It's something People we're trying to be vulvas. better about on the podcast. We're both cis, and so I think it's super easy to fall into your own, you know, routine or your pattern. And like we center ourselves in narratives so normally, so organically, but it's like we do have to think about other people. So. I love that you were also like, we should do this because it's something we're working on. Yes, humanity. (laughs) Yeah, well, I wrote a piece on the orgasm gap a couple years ago for um, Slutty Girl Probs. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yeah, she's Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, but I realized as I was writing it, like, yeah, I was talking about my experience, but... It felt like when I was saying, like, women, female, using that kind of, like, terminology, it felt a little Mm. bit kind of like the white feminism that was happening, like, during Women's March and stuff. And I know Mm -hmm. we're trying to move away from that. So, yeah, just trying to be as inclusive as possible, for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So, yeah, I have some questions for you all. Um, I'm really curious, first off, how you got into this sex positive space and your friendship. And I mean, if you could just kind of like give us a quick backstory there. So, yeah, I think you do a better job of telling the story than I do. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs> I feel like I take a long time to tell it, which is why I was trying to handing it off to but you. I always try and I tell it too long and then we, or too short and then we miss things. All right. Like, so basically, Rachel and I met at our first job out of college um and it was kind of a shitty job experience which really bonded us yeah. and i thought rachel was too cool for me at first and then she likes to joke that i didn't like her and maybe there was a period of time <laughs> because you literally were like i didn't like you at first. 
at first. I think that was a defense mechanism because I thought you were so cool. But you did ask me to lunch one day, which was like, wow, this popular girl is being so kind to me. Um, And then the company went down. Mm -hmm. Uh, It folded. And so Rachel and I would apply for jobs like all day, every day for a few weeks Mm -hmm. at um, a Starbucks. And we had been wanting to create a sex podcast but thought like it's too big of a deal let's make an instagram instead but then rachel ended up going to business school in michigan mm-hmm. um so she helped me come up with the name orgasmic for my instagram page it's a sex means page and uh then i just took it from there and then fast forward a few years like we become roommates yeah. uh we lived together for two years and then during the pandemic we created oral history which is a podcast about seductresses and then we got uh, Balesa. Balesa hosts, sorry, Balesa is a network in which our podcast Balls Deep is on. Mm-hmm. And that's what we are pursuing right now together. Yeah. So they power our podcast. And I feel like this was just kind of like all of the stars aligning really perfectly after we had danced around the idea of doing a project together for <laughs> so long. And just like nothing seemed to line up, whether it was like me leaving or losing a job or, you know, you were doing a different podcast at a time and we were just busy. And the pandemic ended up kind of opening up both of well it ended up making us so incapable of doing anything else we were like might as well start a project (laughs) i feel that that's so awesome and now we're here wow and now we're here that's Mm -hmm. kind of i mean what happened for me too like i got laid off last march and working in digital marketing and i kind of was like you Mm. know i really want to start a podcast where i can just interview whoever i want talk about whatever i want and i felt like there wasn't really a way to do that when, you know, applying for a full-time job where you feel so pigeonholed in a space. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially talking about things like, you know, activism or sexuality, like topics that are not, you know, still taboo, which is so stupid in 2021. Oh, yeah. Right? Whenever a coworker tells me that they listen to this, I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God. Are you, like you should maybe not though because there's like my personal and then there's my professional and those two personalities are vastly different from one another like who I am for my freelancing jobs is not who I am when I come on a podcast and talk about like and this is like you know the weird thing I was trying in bed this weekend with my boyfriend like it's not the same <laughs> I love Master that. disguise yeah mm, perfect yeah kind of like having that duality of like Here's my professional self, like my LinkedIn self. It reminds me of that little meme that came out. Like, I don't know if it was like last year or something where it was like LinkedIn, you know, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's how I feel always. It's just like I have a million different personalities and no one knows all of them. <laughs> Same. I know what I'm like struggling with right now, because now that we're kind of like heading into Vax Girl Summer mm-hmm. is like, going on dating apps and obviously like I put that I have a podcast like trying to do the influencer thing all those kind of like douchey titles you know whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> but then all these like basic dudes always want to know like oh can I hear your podcast can I see what you're posting and I'm like I kind of want to get to know you like aside from that how do you two feel about that yeah we talk about it a lot yeah. because I run into this issue. So Rachel helps me out with it a lot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I so I'm actually on this specific dating app. It's called The Locks Club. And you had to apply to join. And I thought if I applied with Orgasmic, which is verified, 
I'd have a better shot of being on it. But now, for some reason, I can't change the handle out of my profile. So it's just there. And I really don't want it because dudes who message me, they're like, a lot of them will be like, oh, you're only talking to me because you want content for your podcast. Or like, I'm scared that you're going to say something, you're going to share something that I said on it. And I'm like, well, if it's worth sharing, yeah, I am. So I've literally had to tell people, like, if you do something and you're afraid of me talking about it, say off the record. And of course, no one's like said that. But it's on just, a date, they're all off the record. <laughs> By the way, just as a start, Aria, like off the record, hide your recorder, please. <laughs> I have to like smash all the bugs. Um, but yeah, it's difficult because... In, in that sense, orgasmic is my alternate persona. Mm-hmm. And then my, my other persona is also like pretty slutty online. <laughs> but you're just seeing that stuff and then boys look at it and they're like, you're, I feel tokenized a lot. So it's just, it is difficult to navigate. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Tokenized is a good word for it because it's like, oh, well, yeah, I am this person, but I also show up in all these other ways. And It Mm -hmm. kind of sucks. And, you know, not complaining about being like a hot girl by any means, but (laughs) (laughs) like it's only a blessing. Yeah, it's only (laughs) a blessing. But when, you know, you're on these surface level apps where you're like, oh, I mean, I find myself doing the same thing. And to like I've I kind of like identify more as pansexual. So I'll look Mm -hmm. at women's profiles too, just also to kind of see what other women are doing. And you're like, oh, wow. So everyone's just slutty. We're loving this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 2021. Everyone's a slut now. So <laughs> Slut girl summer. Yes. So, yeah, <laughs> let's get into talking about, I'm going to call it self-pleasure, but masturbation, whatever, like, you qualify or identify it as. Um, and like what self-pleasure. Self-pleasure? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. and what do your masturbation uh, practices look like? And then I'll talk about mine too. Yeah. Well, I always say like I'm a compulsive masturbator (laughs) and that like, I don't even (laughs) like, I don't even think half the time I enjoy it. I'm just like, this is a task. I do it before bed every night. Otherwise, like I won't be able to fall asleep. That is my nighttime routine. Yeah. (laughs) Like last night I got home. I was so tired. We had recorded for like three or four hours. Oh, wow. And... I like walked back home and I was like hot from the weather and I laid in bed and I was like, all right, let's do this girl. Like you got to do this one final thing before you can go to bed. But for me, it's become such an ingrained part of my routine. And I obviously, obviously I do love it. Like I find it to be the most relaxing, most, it is the most successful sleep aid I've ever found in my entire life. Um, Who needs melatonin when you got Rachel's orgasm? Yeah, exactly. You should sell that shit. Distill it and put it in a bottle. Masturbation, not melatonin. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's like kind of my approach to it. Obviously, I still uh, do it for pleasure. Like there are times in the middle of the day where like I'll be like, oh, wow, I'm like, I'm like horny right now. And I'll like go and like set up and watch a little porn and then mm. just have myself an a afternoon nice little pick afternoon me up. treat. Yeah. yeah. Afternoon delight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I'm a bit different i think our masturbation habits like from uh, from every point of view is pretty much different Mm. um Mm. i used to masturbate like almost every day and then the pandemic i 
Uh, I think I, my libido just went really down. My anxiety is at an all time high and that can really affect your desire to pleasure yourself. Mm-hmm. But I have been masturbating a little bit more now and it's always at night and I watch porn on my computer, which I've learned oh. is a weird thing, but I did not know that before. I don't know if it's weird for everyone. Well, the majority <laughs> of people use their phones. And I started to use my phone because the thing is I like opening so many tabs because I'm so ADD. And I like as soon as I I'll scroll down to the um, like more videos like this thing and just open up like a ton of them and then just keep going down. So I'm never really watching anything. And I thought if I just use my phone, then maybe I can cut down on like your tabs. ADD porn watch. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's there's something weird to it. Maybe I should talk about it in therapy, but um I use it to like when I'm fucking horny, which is often, but sometimes when I'm stressed out, mm-hmm. I just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too there's there's definitely like well, we know there's all kinds of science behind like orgasms helping your mental health right but Mm -hmm. even for me like when I'm feeling super anxious it's kind of like a way to tap back into my body and find like that grounding energy when you're feeling like ah everything's out of my control and you can just chill out be with yourself even if it's only for like a few minutes but just like oh okay I can feel this pleasure and this release um I actually had this like really cool sex therapist like this older hot very hot lady like I feel like she wasn't even real like she was just kind of like (laughs) it's like a Mary Poppins yeah right like came out of nowhere I was at this conference and she's like yeah you know you need to be having orgasms this often because they're an energy release just like crying or laughing or like you know doing a really hard workout I I guess like they are a hard workout right yeah no absolutely sometimes it's a lot of effort i'll like sometimes i get so greedy and i'm trying to squeeze out like two or three more orgasms and i'm two or so sweaty and wet yeah the third one doesn't usually happen at that point i'm like literally like i have burned so many calories and that's ambitious i know that's a lot yeah i'm a greedy bitch (laughs) (laughs) but i guess that's what happens when you don't masturbate every single day like to me, I'm like, wow, that's so many. But you're probably like masturbating every day is kind of a lot too. So, what do you, uh, to have three orgasms in a day you? versus like oh if well, three fewer times a week? Then we're maybe averaging out the same amount of orgasms. You know, when I orgasm uh, after when I orgasm twice by myself, that's when I tend to squirt as well the second time. Oh. So it's like a it's like a roller coaster. It feels almost tantric when I get into that, and it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, whenever that happens. Okay, cool. Yeah, you're like, okay, wow, I'm going to live in this. No one disturbed me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I actually, (laughs) like, puts a do not disturb on your door. (laughs) And, like, on your phone, like, the, it's like the little um, moon sign. So no one, you don't get texts or calls or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could have like an AIM away message because when I yeah, am on my computer, and even if you are on your phone, you get a text from your fucking mom. Oh, yeah, I know. It's I'm always masturbating, your mom. mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse than the family group chop like popping off for the first time in two weeks while you're like in the middle of a masturbation <laughs> session. Or it's like a timely work project, and you're like, I I can't. 
I can't. I won't right now. <laughs> it interrupts my sexy playlist. I'm like, stop. I've curated the vibe, guys. <laughs> <laughs> totally harshing the mellow here. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So for me during the pandemic, I kind of developed, because I was spending so much time alone. I know in California, we were like you guys in New York, where you did a hardcore lockdown. Unlike the rest mm-hmm. of the country, which I recently, dis- <laughs> yeah, I, I recently discovered I did a month long road trip from here to Nashville and kind oh, of, cool. yeah. And I learned that most of the country didn't shut down and we were just, you know, being sad girls in our apartments. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Super I remember sad. in the middle of the pandemic, my parents who live in Ohio were like, why don't you come visit? I was like, I don't know if you've noticed, but we are in a pandemic like I will not be doing that <laughs> yeah but anyway so spent a lot of time alone as most of us did and it kind of worked I mean worked with my therapist worked on all my woo-woo shit and like witchy stuff that I love and with that I developed this thing I call goddess practice which basically Ooh. yeah basically I just like I don't always get high, but, like, it helps a lot if I am pretty high. <laughs> oh, yeah. And really just, like, either put lingerie on or just go full nude in, like, a silk kimono in the mirror and just kind of, like, look at myself and admire myself. And then that leads to, you know, whatever I want to get into. Sometimes it's porn. Sometimes it's just a playlist that I'm really feeling, but... It's really great quality time with myself. Yeah, that sounds really wonderful. Like, I'm going to do that. I love that, dude. Um, yeah, and- we talk about, like, autosexuality, or we have talked about Ooh. it, like, where you do just kind of, like, get turned on by yourself. Because Kourtney Kardashian self-care. is an autosexual. Oh, <laughs> <Allegedly>. okay. <laughs> and the idea of, like, staring at myself naked is never, like, something that's really, like, tickled my pickle mm-hmm. um but the idea of wearing a beautiful robe and like sort of like dancing to music and doing that does i like that a lot yeah like <laughs> i used to do that a lot mm-hmm. when i was like so stressed out i feel like more when we were together and uh, i should get back into it and i need a silk robe yeah. yes you do i and actually found yours. a great where do you get yours well i am a huge nice. thrifter and vintage lover uh, so i found okay. i found one for like three bucks at goodwill that i love but i have a whole collection i'm super extra <laughs> <laughs> i feel like with silk robes though it's like one would never be enough i need one for different moods like yeah. how witchy am i feeling am i feeling like ethereal do i want something just like fully like fur vintage goddess vibes right what type of goddess are you mm-hmm. there's so mm-hmm. there's evil good chaotic neutral that whole square yeah well you get to decide like in the moment a lot of times i go for like <laughs> ethereal fairy vibes because mm-hmm. just i feel so aligned with that especially like i turn on the fairy lights like full mm. you know candles burning all the crystals are out oh my god i, I feel it. calmer just like hearing you talk about Yes, that what you called it a goddess experience yes goddess practice goddess love practice that. love it it looks like you're wearing a kimono right now i know this is a podcast but yeah i mean it's te- wearing a dress it technically is it wraps around so you know <laughs> beautiful <laughs> thank you well okay so let's talk about because 
originally, like, when I started with Don't Call Me Pretty and talking about, like, masturbation and stuff, I didn't realize how many of my friends with vulvas were not masturbating. And Mm -hmm. this included Mm -hmm. friends, you know, in relationships who are single, just aren't having orgasms. And that kind of made me sad. I mean, honestly, because it's such an essential thing for me. And it sounds like for you too, as well. So yeah. Are you sure none of them are lying? Like you just, you're, <laughs> I mean, because that isn't like a trope. It's like it, yeah. in, in high school, like I know everyone was fucking lying. <laughs> but I, but the other thing is like you create a safe space for like, mm-hmm. they obviously know you're masturbating. So why would they feel uncomfortable sharing that with you? Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people just don't want to admit that they do it. Yeah, I think it's that. I think there's still a ton of stigma surrounding it. And then also, I mean, mm-hmm. like, right before our this call right now, I was just talk, uh, reading a Forbes article, which I was like, I didn't know Forbes was talking about sex. Cool. <laughs> we love to see it. But their statistics said 39% of women said they don't orgasm when they masturbate, which I was like, what are you masturbating for? Who are we talking I to? I look into that study. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's so many different studies about um, masturbation habits that, and most of them don't like. They're all kind of different. Um, so I would just want to look into that study. But like, if true, that's really sad. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say we. We've talked to a lot of different women about masturbation and the conversation surrounding it with their friends. And I think so many young girls, especially when we first start exploring with our own bodies, feel like because maybe it's not represented as equally in media as we see male sexuality Mm -hmm. um, or as we like as much as we accept male sexuality in media, we don't feel comfortable talking about it from a young age. And it, it like bums me out so much that we carry that shame and secrecy into adulthood Cause like even working, you know, in this space and like having a sex podcast, like I still don't know for sure which of my friends masturbate. I guess I just assume all of them do because I'm doing it (laughs) and maybe that's wrong. Like maybe I should check in and be like, do you need a vibrator? Like you can tell me if you do. Well, what's cool is a lot of my friends have reached out to me being like, I am like, I, I want a vibrator and ready for it. And in the Mm -hmm. past when we were younger, I think it was just still too difficult for them to like want it and then I felt kind of like a pusher like mm. I'm like I'm the um, vibrator pusher yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're you get a vibrator me. you get a vibrator <laughs> yeah and it's like if they're not ready yet who am I to like peer yeah. pressure them into orgasms <laughs> but I'm like it feels good like please take my like, discount code love it. <laughs> <laughs> please take my discount code I'm dying <laughs> Yeah, I found that some friends um, don't want to name any names, Avi, but like who are oh. in serious committed relationships are like, yeah, I'm not having orgasms and have been with their partner for years. And I'm like, do you guys have open conversations like about anything? Because for me, like when I date someone like that's one of the first things that comes up. Mm hmm. Yeah, we talk about this on our podcast, how 
well, two different things. So one, I think that women don't know how to prioritize and ask for their own pleasure. Yeah. Um, in part because of all of the cultural stigma against it. Like we don't, we're not taught the importance of female pleasure in relation to the creation of a child, which is how we are taught mm-hmm. sex in schools by and large. Um, and the other thing is like, I think so many women think it's just common to not orgasm or maybe just hold a belief that they can't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually you just can't orgasm penetrative like penetratively but you could literally and it's all about that exploration which again just comes back to masturbation you need to know what you like and the best way to find out is by diddling yourself (laughs) (laughs) yeah no what we say is like how do you expect someone else to make you come if you don't know how to make yourself come but rachel is in a relationship where pleasure is is very much talked about and like Mm -hmm. open communication and dialogue and I I've only been in one relationship, but it the dynamic was I sucked his dick a lot and he never went down on me. And I felt like going down on me was just really disgusting. And my friends were, were, were trying to explain to me, I feel like what we're talking about now, um, that you deserve to be to feel pleasure that like, I think that men who don't heterosexual men who don't go down on their partners it's like part of this whole weird toxic masculinity um that i don't know how that like started because making your partner come is fucking manly as hell or however you want to define that but um it's really hard to listen to people when you're in a relationship like that and you don't know better so you just kind of stay stuck in it Totally. And I think there's also like, you know, when you're having casual sex, like on the other end of the spectrum, it's hard to be like, oh, hey, I just met you. Like, make me come. And also let me get out of my head enough so I can be present (laughs) and like allow you to gift me this, you know? Um, Yeah. Oh, I love how you said that. As a, oh, orgasms or- as a gift. Yeah. I just yeah. thought that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. And then also, like, I think it's so deeply rooted. It's not even just about sexual pleasure. It's about us as women, you know, owning the fact that we deserve joy and happiness and all of these things aside from, you know, what we've been pre-prescribed by a patriarchal society. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Fuck I always patriarchy. Yeah, I always think about it in relation to like just taking up space, which is I think some uh, a really easy phrase to wrap your head around. Women are kind of taught to be smaller, to ask for less, and to give people more. We're giving up parts of ourselves always to make other people more comfortable, mm-hmm. and so especially in sex, when you're being asked to fully relax and let someone do something for you, or even more to to say I want this thing from you that is solely for me it doesn't benefit anybody else I think that is really difficult for women culturally and societally to feel comfortable with like we've talked to so many people our age who are like I it's not that I don't like going getting you know eaten out or it's not that I don't like sex it's that I feel anxious or uncomfortable knowing that someone's giving all of this pleasure to me yeah I don't know how you start to break that down but like talking about it helps (laughs) We might need to phone a therapist for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How do we fix society? Question mark. (laughs) Yeah, well, pleasure isn't selfish, right? And that's so, so hard to unlearn. I mean, I find myself like in so many ways, it's 
again, not just sex. It's like wanting to be, you know, successful, wanting to be wealthy, wanting to like live a certain lifestyle. We shouldn't want that, right? Like that's what we're taught. And then when we do go out and do it, it's like, oh, well, she's a bitch because, you know, she's a workaholic or whatever. Like, we're always not going to fit that mold that people want us to be fitting. And by people, I mean, usually, like, hetero white men, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel okay pointing my finger at Ben. Okay. (laughs) Not, and, you know, we're not, we're not doing, like, man-hating or anything like that, but just, it's kind of facts here um i have three brothers i'm not sexist (laughs) and i'm a father (laughs) i know at least three men okay yeah i have a dad (laughs) my president is a man (laughs) oh man so okay let's talk about faking orgasms because Mm. I think it's safe to say that most of us have faked an orgasm. Um, I don't want to speak for everyone listening or even, you know, those of us here, but I think we've, (laughs) we've faked an orgasm to get out of sex, to help someone's ego. Um, yeah. So when do you all think it's okay to fake an orgasm or when have you, and you regretted it or Give me some give me some scenarios here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually just talked about faking orgasms um, on one of our episodes. I don't know which. So I love that you're asking that. And we just learned something new about this study. Well, Rachel, you brought it to the table about like when it, it could be okay to fake an orgasm. Yeah, there were, there were basically a couple instances that sex experts agreed were acceptable to be faking orgasms. Uh, there are times where for women specifically just doing that pleasure acting out that pleasure can help to increase their own so doing it for that reason is okay um doing it for the reason of you know wanting to make your partner feel good about themselves without trying and not doing it to get out of the situation but just to be like this is nice and i want you to enjoy it and like this isn't about you i'm just not going to get there it would be okay to do that and i think especially in a long-term relationship it's probably fine the thing about me for faking orgasms is i used to do this always until i had my first orgasm from a partner and i was like never again will i do this because i like it so much better so if i could get the real one why would i settle for a fake one but in high school i did it all the time because it was just like painful or bad or awkward and i was so young and so insecure about speaking up for myself and also scared of hurting this guy who was 17 like really thought he was doing something special and i didn't know how to tell him that it was bad like (laughs) genuinely just painful (laughs) oh man (laughs) that is tough because I feel like especially when you're having sex with a man like maybe for the first time or first couple times and obviously it's different now like as adults but you're coming in and like you know that if you're super honest right off the bat, that might be too much. And then a lot Mm -hmm. of them like don't really want coaching. Um, And then if they do take the coaching, they're like too eager. Like it's just, it's a hard balance, right? It's never a good balance. I find that the the type of guy who 
as you categorize as like too eager, I feel for me, it's like then there's so much pressure to orgasm, which mm-hmm. immediately loses any shot with me. Yeah. Like reaching climax because like, he's like, I want you to come, baby. And I'm like, bitch, me too. Like, yeah. Stop driving me. I'm trying to focus here. Is that how you respond? You're like, bitch, please. <laughs> please <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I don't know if the funnier answer is to say yes or no, but <laughs> guess you'll never find out. <laughs> Gotta keep some things private, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only thing in my life. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so we talked a lot about porn at the top of the episode. Where are we finding ethical porn? On the count of three. One, two, three. Balesa, Balesa. bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, yeah, we're not just trying to plug. Like, we are obsessed with Balesa, and Mm. it's just very lucky for us that we get to work for them. But Balesa Balesa started out as... um, and an aggregate for porn kind of like like porn hub you can mm-hmm. just find stuff from all different places and then they created their own production house balesa house mm-hmm. um and they have real sex between real porn stars who are like i want to fuck that porn star mm-hmm. so it's all just like highly produced um like home videos almost yeah it's and very real yeah and like what they have now is kind of like the netflix of porn and it's great because one of the ways you can tell kind of if you're getting ethical porn, if you want like a, a hard and fast rule is like, are you paying for it? Because a lot of the times, a lot of the issue is like how porn stars are treated, how they're compensated, um, you know, what these sets look like. And what's nice about Balesa's, Balesa Plus is it's a pay what you can. So it's a sliding scale. Um, and that, I think that helps with accessibility. So if you're someone who's like, I want to start paying for ethical porn, but I don't really know where to go this is a great option because it caters to every budget size. But yeah, I think if you're paying for your porn, that's a great way to start to tell if it's ethical. And the other way is to like go to specific porn stars pages and see where, you know, they're sending you to, Mm because they're going to send you to the right places. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like go to their only fans. And then I think there, there are so many different, or not so many, but there's a handful of ethical porn sites. And I would say they all offer something, slightly different Mm -hmm. so you can fully pay for all of them and you it's not like i mean yeah they're like streaming sites it's like you got the amazon the hulu blesses the netflix (laughs) um and what you can do is when you find someone there a performer that you like watching their specific video just like rachel said like look for them and just know where your money's going otherwise it's kind of like you're pirating a movie um and i a lot of people do do that but if you don't want to be a dick pay for your porn wow that was the quote of the episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i love balesa i'm a huge fan of the porn i just think like it's yeah it's awesome i actually worked with them i think it was a couple years ago and then during the pandemic they sent me a vibrator which i love it's amazing. Which one? Yeah, which one? I think it's the Dia or Dea. I'm not sure how to say it. Oh, it's yeah. a, like a black, like internal. Yes. It's black or purple, right? Yeah, yeah. It's purple. So good. Purple. A, a purple, purple people pleaser. Should we call it that? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. No, I love their toys. They're so well made. Totally. And easy to clean. And affordable. Which honestly is for for me. Like I need something that can clean easily because I'm so lazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh, same. Yeah. And I mean, that's something we should add that it's important, like that you are cleaning your toys regularly, because I don't know what podcast I listened to, but it was something about like kink and BDSM. And they were saying like all the, you know, talking about all of these weird things you can contract if you aren't cleaning toys regularly. So yeah, yeah, it's an easy way to get an yeast infection. Which, like, nobody wants. Mm -hmm. I used to get them all the time because I'm a dirty, dirty girl. But now I'm clean. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Yeah, so a couple other sites I was just going to mention. I have explored kink.com. And that Mm -hmm. is more focused, like, on BDSM. Some of it's a little much for me. But, like, if that's your kink, kink kink.com. This is not a plug, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I don't, I wanted to ask you too, if you've ever listened to Dipsy, it's like an audible kind of version. Um, I've heard good things. Yeah, I, I've heard amazing things. I, I have partnered with them before. I think it's really amazing for people who like audio erotica. I don't personally like it. I am, I need to be uh, stimulated visually. Um, but I still work with them because I know so many of my followers do like it. And I thought the stories were like exciting. So I don't feel like it was false advertising is what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> You're like, I need the full visual on my laptop screen in bed with me. <laughs> I got my desktop in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was just listening to that episode where you were talking about it. <laughs> I was fucking dead. Rachel roasted me for sleeping with my computer. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, Ariel's like, why don't I sleep well? And I'm like, well, that might be why. That might be a hint. <laughs> You're like, I'm not a professional, but just like, maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So lastly, I do want to give a shout out to Erica Lust because I love her work. Um Her subscription, I will say, is kind of expensive, but it is, like, really high production quality, and it's kind of through a, or it is through a female lens, quite literally. So I like how she Mm -hmm. does erotica. Some of the stories are more just, like, sexy films. Some of them, they are fucking, like, it, it just depends. But I actually saw a tweet the other day where it was, like, show a friend you really love them by like buying them a porn subscription and i was like wow okay that's where we're at that's a good holiday gift that is a good gift yeah yeah i'm buying all my friends porn subscriptions for hanukkah next year yes <laughs> but just the eight days eight days of porn for you <laughs> it's the free trial for sure. well yeah i mean you could do you know lube you could do the next the next gift is a vibrator like maybe a mini Perfect. one for starters which I do want to talk about what vibrator, especially from Balesa, since we're, you know, talking about them today, would you recommend people start with who haven't tried any toys before? Um, let's do, let's like advise beginner toy and then say what we like because we like different things. So I think it's yeah. like. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to say the thing that I like, I think is a good beginner toy because I think that. For masturbation, something I was always really averse to when I first started out was the idea of self-penetration. I don't like that. Like, I I, I like it during sex, but that's not what gets me off. Mm -hmm. And so I think 
clit vibration for me is like really the golden ticket. Um, vibration <laughs> in their discreet series um the small blue one i really need to learn the name of this it's discreet blue air series it, it's called rachel's favorite <laughs> rachel's blessing. favorite teal blue discreet series vibrator uh, i want to say it's like the wave <sighs> would you hate me if i looked it up right now oh, i was about to pull it up okay yeah. i feel like i should she's a fact checker it's a compulsive habit i have yeah, but it's good because I'm a compulsive non-fact checker. <laughs> <laughs> At least I know it's a Mia discreet series. Well, I don't want a coupon, and Google. I don't even have like a specific name. The blue one. She's determined. Ugh, yeah, whatever. Ugh, oh, okay. Well, no, she's so undetermined. I can't. I'm sorry. It's okay. I can't find it. You'll, okay. You'll see it. It's the blue one in the Pokemon, like, in the uh, Pokemon case. case. But yeah. what I like about it is it doesn't require any internal penetration. And I think if you're someone who's just trying to get a sense for what it feels like to get a little vibration down there, it nestles inside of your, like, labia really nicely. It's very non-invasive. And I feel like it's a really gentle step in the right direction. Yeah, I think it's good for beginners, and I um, and it's so cute. So like, I would feel excited. I like how the the like the part that goes on your clit. It's like it is shaped like a wave. So there's so many different ways that you can stimulate the clit with the different sort of Mm -hmm. angles of it. Um, That's probably my second favorite Balesa one, and I really like the Pebble, which is what I mostly exclusively use, and that is a clit sucker, and. I think this is in the difference of masturbating. Rachel doesn't really like clit suckers. Mm-hmm. And I it's largely what will make me come. Okay. So it is really affordable. It's like $38 or something. I don't know. It's it's pretty affordable. There are discount codes, but like for someone who is just starting out, a piece of advice that I have gotten from people who have created sex toys before um are that if you're like if you want to level up, perhaps after you get like a bullet vibe or something like whatever, yeah, you're like, like Spencer's vibrator, <laughs> Spencer's vibrator, it- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's iconic. Um, is if if you're not sure if you like, um, you know, the blue one or the clit sucker or something internal or whatever, you could get like cheap toys from a Spencer's or Amazon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when you find the type of stimulation you really like, invest in a toy from a company that makes really high quality yeah. products whether Something that's balesa that or somewhere else i i genuinely think that balesa has some of the most uh, highly produced and affordable toys mm-hmm. out there um but there are so many other places i'm just not going to mention them <laughs> that you can <laughs> nice cool yeah i mean i think like even talking to some of those friends who don't masturbate or haven't tried vibrators i'm like wow you are missing out i just think of that one episode i don't know if you are sex in the city fans but um where charlotte gets the rabbit and she's like yeah guys i i don't think i can go out 
they do the intervention where they're like, bitch, you need to put the vibrator down and come out. <laughs> I love that episode. And I love the one where Miranda's housekeeper like is trying yes. to shame her for her vibrators. And she's like, you're like, get out. Like, no, she, I don't need a Virgin Mary. I need an orgasm. <laughs> oh, man. That's like so iconic. She opens the drawer and it's just <laughs> Virgin Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, I think we covered basically anything or everything. Is there anything else that you two want to add that, like, you know, people who are curious about starting masturbation, (laughs) that sounds so strange, or have, like, trepidations or anything like that, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think if they want to, you know, hear us talk more about sex, they can always listen to our podcast balls deep and find us on Instagram at balls deep with as a start. And we'll just continue to talk about it and hopefully break down some of that stigma and make you feel more comfortable. And I would say that you should talk to your friends about their masturbation habits and that will help you on your journey and to read articles about masturbation. Um, there are some people who genuinely can't orgasm that's something called anorgasmia and there's like there's a whole range of it so there's hope for everyone to achieve climax and if you are struggling there's something you have to work through or you have to like explore your body more so and just try fucking everything and read the literature watch podcast or uh, (laughs) watch movies listen to podcasts just like learn about human sexuality in your body Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's such like an important part of your road to like healing and self-love. I mean, I always say that self-love is it's not just like a destination that you end at, but I think incorporating masturbation and self-pleasure. I mean, maybe it's not even just about like coming or having orgasms. Maybe it's just about like honoring your body and that you have like these urges. (laughs) Yeah, not shaming them, like allowing them to come out, whether that's just like dancing erotically in your room in a kimono or whatever, mm-hmm. or like literally finger blasting yourself, like whatever, gets whatever it is you go in. Yeah, <laughs> finger, finger blast. Wow. We forgot that one. <laughs> yeah. And I Never think forget. like trying, you know. Some people say like, oh, they're not masturbating because they don't have like a safe space or they don't feel comfortable where they're living or something. I mean, you can always do it in the shower, do it in your bed, do it in the closet, anywhere on the roof. Yeah, wherever. On the roof? (laughs) I I don't know. If that's where you, I had sex on the roof one time. It was pretty quiet. It's a random guy. Oh. <laughs> That's hot. I did it was too. Like years ago. Yeah. More recently, roof bitches. yes, roof bitches. More recently, I had sex in a cave, and that was iconic. Uh, ooh. <laughs> On your road trip? No, uh, a very Game of Thrones. Yeah, it was before the road trip in a cave in Malibu area. So I was like, "Damn, this is uh, okay." Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's gonna top this. <laughs> That's so much fun. I'm jealous. That feels very goddessy, goddess like. Like he was like, uh, I don't know, giving a gift to his his altar. Figure <laughs> the altar. The gift is the orgasm. Yes, <laughs> love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me, you two. Thanks thank for you, having dude. us. This, this is so much fun. Yeah.
No, I love chatting. And I mean, you already mentioned where people can find you, but if you could just give us a download of your social media handles again, that would be great. You want to do it? Uh, Well, for our podcast, you can follow us anywhere at Balls Deep With. And then uh, on Instagram, you can find me at Horgasmic. My personal account has been deleted. So if you follow me there, you, you can find all my other stuff too. And then you can just find me at Rachel Waynes everywhere, I think. If not, best of luck. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you all for listening. And again, this is Allie Knows Best. See you next time.